Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from inside enemy base camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting canvasannuity.com. Okay, Cardinals-Rams this weekend in Los Angeles. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is the Rams sideline analyst, DeMarco Farr. DeMarco, how you doing today? I am good, man. I am staring at, it must be three stories high, a, a video board with LeBron James' picture on it. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? I mean, if you're LeBron, how cool must that be to see something like that every day? It's wow. got to be pretty cool, no doubt, man. What's up, oh, dude? Oh, my God. You- not much, man. Trying to get a victory, just like you guys. Well, I, Rough right now. I also have to say what's up from a uh, friend of the show, Lorenzo Alexander. He texted in to make sure we said what's up to you from him. So that's My a third what's Lowe. up. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm a big fan. Love him. Yeah. So, uh, anybody from the hometown, we got to love. Yes, yeah, sir. That's right, man. So, D, what are you doing, man? I mean, you know, you're three and five right now. The Arizona Cardinals are three and six. The difference is, of course, you're walking around. You got your Super Bowl ring. You got it on right now? Is that what you got, D? I, uh, no. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm standing like in downtown Los Angeles. The last thing I'm doing is flashing doors. <laughs> no way. And I, that thing is too big to wear anyway. But yeah, I mean, look, I think all that Super Bowl stuff, um, it, it's, it's over. I mean, uh, you are what your record says you are. I mean, this is a team that's searching for a win. This is a, a team that's still looking to play their best football game. So that was last year. This is this year. They're trying to get to the, the postseason just like everybody else. Talking to DeMarco Farr, uh, DeMarco, we don't know who's playing quarterback here, and it doesn't sound like you guys totally know who's playing quarterback there uh, on Sunday. Any sort of update on Stafford versus Wolford? No. I mean, look, that was a weird deal. Came out of nowhere. Um, you know, when I heard the news, I was surprised. I knew the week before, uh, I believe it was San Fran had put him in the blue tent, but that was something for the arm, and he came out and played. Uh, he went through and played Tampa, finished the game, all 57 snaps, so – you know, you, you hear from the head coach that he's going into the concussion protocol. I'm going back and looking at the game, and, you know, I'm there on the sideline. I didn't see him get up dizzy, so it just kind of caught me off guard. But, look, I mean, it's no shock the way the offensive line has protected him or failed to protect him. I am not surprised mm. that the starter has been knocked out of a game. Uh, I've seen other teams go through this when their offensive line is giving up pressures and sacks and can't block anybody. That starter gets knocked out. So I'm not surprised that the Rams have lost the starter so far this season. So is it going to be John Wolford if, in fact, Stafford can't go? You know, that's what I would expect. Um, I remember this training camp uh, this year. There's the backup. There's the third-string guy, Bryce Perkins. Uh, Good quarterback, had a great preseason. He's a mover as well. Uh, Dare I say, had a better preseason than John Wolford. And in practices, uh, Wolford had some issues turning the ball over. So there was talk, could, could Bryce Perkins beat him out for the number two spot? And they were adamant back then. He's our backup. We trust him. Uh, he knows the system. And that's true. The guy works hard. He's a hard worker. He's the best backup any starter can have, uh, a guy that's ready to step in when needed. So I would say it's going to be him, but I would expect doses of the other guy as well because you still have to find ways to score points and move the football. Boy, you know, that's so amazing to hear you say that because Aaron Donald said, obviously, we would love to have Stafford out there, but you trust the guys, plural, 
that are behind him. And I was just yeah. wondering if, if in fact, there might be a situation where they play more than one cue. And you're saying well, you, it's a possibility. You, you guys know ball. I mean, when you have an offensive line that's struggling and you're struggling to run the football, uh, the one thing you're going to have to start doing is probably direct snap stuff wildcat. Uh, extend that the, the defense's run responsibility out one gap and make your quarterback a viable run threat. That's how you help yourself running the football. But how do you do that with Matthew Stafford? Uh, is he going to accept that? And if you do you pull him off the field or do you, do you put him at receiver? If you put him at receiver, it kind of right. negates your advantage running the football. So now that he's been knocked out of the game so far, he may play, he may not. Now you have an opportunity to do that with either Wolford or Bryce Perkins. But Either way, at some point, you're going to have to figure out how to run the football to protect whatever quarterback is going to be behind that offensive line. So, D, do they call Wolford Wolf? Is that his nickname? No, no, no. Oh, he, okay. he is Wolford. Okay, now you got it. <laughs> he is Wolford. Um, you know who he reminds me of when he plays? He reminds me of a lot like Flutie. Um, he's fast, but he's more sudden than fast. It's yeah. how fast he takes off versus how fast he's running. Wow. And you got Bryce Perkins, the former Sun Devil, too. I got to make sure I get that in there. Uh, DeMarco Farr joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. DeMarco, uh, Sean McVay talked earlier this week about needing to make changes on the offense. In your mind, was that because of the injuries or because the offense is putting up 16 points per game and change? Uh, more of the latter, but why you're only putting up or less than 17 points. I mean, you've been actually getting. Look, if you face a football team with great defensive ends, it's almost a wrap and obvious passing down. Those guys are going to get home. I think Stafford has been sacked 28 times, and Buffalo, Dallas, and San Francisco have 15 of those. They have great ends. Uh, the problem is, from guard to guard, even average tackles have the same effect that Aaron Donald has on other football teams. They just become wrecking balls because you can't stop them. So in Tampa, Vita Vea had uh, two sacks, and then his backup got a sack over the same guy. The same guard gave up three sacks to the starting nose tackle and the backup. So when he said changes will be made, I assume he meant on the offensive line. But the problem is your cupboard isn't that stocked with good offensive linemen. So you might be replacing one problem with another. That's just where you are as a football team. Does Aaron Donald still play for you? I mean, is he is he ready to go? A week off? <laughs> yeah, no, he's ready to go. I mean, look, Aaron has been a wrecking ball. Aaron is still Aaron. The problem with Aaron now is he doesn't have a lot of help. Yeah, uh, he is far and away your best pass rusher. Anybody that puts their hand down uh, for the L.A. Rams, he is far and away the only pass rush threat you have for the most part outside of Leonard Floyd, and that's. Leonard Floyd has come around recently. So that's been the issue there. Uh, if Aaron doesn't get pressure, nobody gets pressure. If someone else gets a sack, it's because Aaron created it. So he's been that guy. It's just he doesn't have a lot of sidekicks to help right now. DeMarco, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you. No problem, guys. I'll see you soon. Wolf, I'll see you at the stadium, man. Okay, brother. Enjoy L.A., man. <laughs> you got it, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's DeMarco Farr joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, Vance Joseph talked about his uh, weekly film sessions with Cliff Kingsbury and owner Michael Bidwell. What did we learn? We'll explain it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. <laughs> Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning heading into week 10 of the NFL season. Cardinals-Rams. Thanks to DeMarco Farr for joining us last segment. We are going to talk to Paul Calvisi later. Wolf, we're going to talk to Kevin Ray because there is a Suns game tonight. Okay. Well, game day with K-Ray. Of course. Uh, Vance Joseph, though, this, this kind of... I don't want to say this is a huge thing yet, but I can just see how this season is going. And if the Cardinals continue to lose, people are looking for anything to point to. And some of the stuff is right. And some of it, I think, is is maybe a little like the, the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins thing on the sidelines last week. I, I, it's not why they lost the game. Kyler not throwing him the ball. <laughs> Second half might be why they lost the game. But, uh, but this... Cliff Kingsbury on Wednesday just casually mentioned that they have a weekly film session with Cliff, Vance Joseph, and the owner, Michael Bidwell. There's always great communication. We sit with Michael and watch the film, um, DJ and I, every week. And so he has a great understanding of what we're trying to do and where we're falling short. And we take ownership for what we need to take ownership for and, and say what we're going to do moving forward. So the um, communication has been clear and uh, everybody's been great. I'm always a fan of communication. But uh, what did you make when you first heard that? You know, like I said, uh, when we talked about this briefly yesterday, uh, for me, uh, I've never really even thought about an owner sitting down with um, his coordinators and actually watching tape. Yet it's got to happen. It makes perfect sense to me. I've again, I, I never thought about it. Um, but if in fact you owned an NFL team and you were somebody who liked the game and enjoyed the game, why wouldn't you sit down and watch tape with them? Well, so, you know, yeah. And like I said, I don't think this is a big deal yet, but if they go out and lose to the Rams and they lose to the 49ers, can't you see people pointing and being like, well, that's strange. Why does the owner need to watch? And this is why I'm saying this. Yeah. Because I have six different cuts from Vance Joseph where he was asked about it yesterday. Okay. Okay. So people are like, wait, what is going on here? They asked him just what those sessions are like. Talking through the game, you know, what we saw on both sides of the ball and kind of explain to Michael, you know, the good, the bad, and the things we got to get better at. You know, it's it's really good because, you know, obviously, you know, he's, he's watching games on Sundays. Sometimes he may not know, you know, what went on. You know, if it's coaching, if it's a player, that we got to get better at something. So it's honest conversation. It's, it's good for all parties involved, in my opinion. Um, I've been about three places where that's been done before in the past, you know, and that just keeps the communication clear, you know, on where we are as a team and where we're going each week. So that's that's a good session. Okay, so you just said right there, he's been three places yeah. where that's been done. I, which is, once again, I, I, I can't believe I've never thought of it. I just never thought of it. You know, if you own an NFL team, you just sit down and watch tape. Well, you know what? Honestly, if you love the game and enjoy the game, um, I, I can imagine there's got to be some old, some owners that might be into their seventies or something like that. I got other stuff to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, business Just overseas. win the game. You know, hey, hey, win the game. I got other stuff I got to do. Um, but if you're emotionally invested, who's the, the Brooklyn Nets owner? I know it's not football, but like a couple years ago, that like he gave him a bunch of money and then just left. Yeah, <laughs> like he, right. he was never around. But I would think if you're emotionally invested, if I were owning a team. I'd be like, hey, what's especially if we're losing? Sure. What, uh, what's going on over here? You'd want to be informed, right? Uh, yeah. I'd want to be informed whether you're winning games or losing games. I'd want to be informed as an owner. And I know, you know, well, Wolf, you, you played in the league, and of course you'd want to know. And you'd sit there with the red dot and the clicker, and you know, no. 
Um, I'm, I'm saying if I were an owner and I were, I was not 77 years old, you know, even if I, you were 77, you'd it still makes perfect be sense to sit down and say, this is a, Hey, listen, we're running a multi-billion dollar business here. I, I want to know what is going on. Why wouldn't you? So to hear Vance say, I've done it in three other places. It's really not that surprising now that I'm thinking about it. Here's more from Vance. They asked if this was something that happened before this season. We did some last year, but uh, this year it's been weekly. You know, last year was early in the season. We did a lot of that, but this year it's been it's been it's been weekly. It's been good. So I'm just connecting dots that might not necessarily need to be connected. Wolf, yeah. But I just I I'm trying to put myself in the owner's shoes, right? Okay, you're coming off last season. Wow, we're ten and two, and then we won one more game the rest of the season and yep. basically didn't show up for the playoffs. And in the off season, I have to pay my quarterback $230 million. And he felt like he had to give extensions to Kime and Cliff. I wonder if that was like one of those things of like, but I want to see what's going on. So just so I, I'm not like left out in the dark if this team starts to fall apart in the second half of the season. Yeah. I wonder if that was part of it. Yeah, I know. I totally think it is part of it right now. Why wouldn't you educate yourself on your business? Think about it. It makes perfect sense. Why would you not, if you were an owner in the National Football League and you owned a team that is worth billions of dollars, why wouldn't you try to understand everything you possibly could about your business? Uh, it, it makes perfect sense to me, and I think that's what Michael is trying to do right now. They also asked Vance if he feels like these film sessions are more frequent this year because the team is under the microscope right now. No, I don't feel that way. You know, it, it's it's obviously early. You know, and again, man, you know, for me, I'm a coach, right? So I coach every week. I'm coaching to win every game. You know, uh, moving forward. So nothing changes there for me personally. Um, I'm focused. I'm pushing the guys to get better each week. And I'm not down about anything. You know, we got a long way to go. And, you know, the next game is Sunday. Let's go win. Yeah, you know what? Um, let's go win right there. It's, so matter of fact. Man. It is so matter of fact. And one of the other things, and Maloney just actually talked to me about this in my ear from Command and Control. Um, there's a lot of owners out there as well that they own other businesses. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> that's saying. That's what they do, yeah. right? This is just one of their businesses. Is, yes, yeah. exactly. They own other businesses. And for... For Michael and the Bidwell family, for the most part, this is their business. So why wouldn't you want to educate yourself? It makes it even more, um, it makes it even more prevalent that you would do that, for me at least. And man, it, it seems almost negligent if you wouldn't sit down and say, what's going on? You tell me what is going on based on what I'm watching. Now, since we're playing some Vance audio, we played that clip earlier about uh, if their preparation changes if Matthew Stafford's out. I'll play it again here real quick. I think the overall game plan won't change much. You know, it's the same system. But obviously, their backup is a guy who can run with the football. You know, we faced him two years ago in Week 17. So that's that's a good thing for us, obviously. But the zone read stuff, the scrambling on third downs, is obviously different than, than Stafford. So, um the overall first, second down won't change much, but his skill set's different than Matthew, so we will adjust, you know, accordingly if he's the quarterback. So we just had DeMarco Farr on last segment, Wolf, and you didn't ask him specifically about Wolf, or you asked him about 
maybe multiple backup quarterbacks if Stafford can't go? It's it's only because, uh, listen, John Wolford, of course, um, that's enough to worry about. <laughs> only because the last time they played him, John Wolford lit him up. He's undefeated Basically, against the Cardinals. Exactly right. Um, running the ball and throwing the ball. But yesterday, I was reading this article, and suddenly Aaron Donald was talking about the quarterback situation. And we asked DeMarco Farr this this question, but I want to read this quote first from Aaron Donald. He said, quote, obviously, we would love to have Stafford out there, but you trust the guys that are behind him, that they're going to go out there and do what they need to do to help us win the game. And I, I read that, and I, I said, I stopped. Guys, this is a perfect opportunity for Aaron Donald to say, John Wolford, hey, listen, if Matthew Stafford cannot go, John Wolford is our guy. You know what? We're going to go ahead. Hey, this is a chance for John Wolford to step up and be the guy. He, he didn't say that. He said, you know what? Hey, you trust the guys, plural. Yeah, now, I have the audio. You want okay, to hear the audio? Yeah, I do want to hear this. Obviously, you would, we would love to have them out there, but you, you, you trust the guys that are behind them that they're going to go out there and do what they need to do to you know help us win the game. So it's about trusting the next guy up. You know, that's, that's a part of this business. It happens. So um, would, would, would I like to see him out there? Yes. But if, if, if it's the case he don't play, then I trust that, you know, the guys behind him is going to step up and make plays for us. So. Okay, now you can sit there and argue, well, Wolf, you're reading way too much into it because he's talking about from a depth perspective. Yeah. And that may be the case, that may, but it's just weird. It's weird because every player knows, man, you know what? The one thing a backup quarterback who doesn't play very much, the one thing you want to do is give him confidence. Do you think it might actually help John Wolford to hear Aaron Donald say, hey, listen, you know what, John Wolford? We, we see him practice. We know what he's capable of. He can, he can step up and he can lead us to a victory, of course, right? A perfect opportunity to support the backup. Who's going to go out there and play? And now all of a sudden you say guys, plural. Well, that to me is weird. To your point on Walford too, like we're we're talking about him like he's like when the Niners had Joe Montana and Steve Young as their backup. <laughs> Walford threw four passes last year. You know, he's his success came against the Cardinals in the one game we all saw up close, and the Rams scored eighteen points in that game. It's not like he lit him up for four. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think I think the view of John Walford being dangerous is bigger in Phoenix than it is in LA. You know what I mean? It's not a given that he's just instantly the backup. I honestly think, though, based on what DeMarco said, and we'll pull this on and we'll play it a little bit later, Basinonians, but I honestly believe there's a possibility Sean McVay might have a dual quarterback situation going on. That's just me. Well, they don't trust their running backs, and he said they need to make changes to their offense. Just me. He clearly doesn't trust Cam Akers, and he doesn't seem to trust Daryl Henderson either. They could play two quarterbacks on Sunday. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Who or what will be the tipping point in Cardinals-Rams on Sunday? Wolf's going to just draft five quarterbacks. We'll tell you next in Fulcrum Football. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. Week 10 edition of Fulcrum Football. 
where we're trying to pick not the best players in Sunday's game, but the players that are most likely to swing the game one way or the other. The rules, Wolf, you can take Cardinals or Rams, whether they're going to make a positive or negative impact on the game. Just the guys that are going to swing this game most likely. Taking quarterbacks is frowned upon. I believe it's only happened three times in the history of Fulcrum football dating back to last season, and it has been three games against the Rams. You have randomly taken quarterbacks. So with everything you just said last segment, are you going to take uh, Kyler, Colt McCoy, Matthew Stafford, John Wolford, and Bryce Perkins? No, I'm not going to do that, as a matter of fact. I would have laughed. Uh, No, I'm not going to be doing that. Because I don't even know who's going to play. All right, here's the uh, coin flip. Oh, look. look. Congratulations to you. This is a big win for you. Oh, so I'm going first. Okay. It's your last win of this Fulcrum Fantastic. Football. Okay, my first Fulcrum football player is going to be Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I went with Aaron Donald right now. This game, I believe, is going to be won or lost on the line of scrimmage for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, both offensive lines are reeling right now, and because of that, it just highlights the fact that it is going to be won or lost on the line of scrimmage. And when you talk about that for the Arizona Cardinals, you're talking about the nemesis of the Arizona Cardinals, Aaron Donald. The history the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray have with Aaron Donald. And the fact that you're going into a game this weekend where it's it looks bleak. You don't have your starting center. You don't have your starting guards in the lineup, and because of that, boy, Aaron Donald could have a field day unless you run the ball. Aaron Donald, my first Fulcrum football player. Yeah, I think he's he's the pretty clear-cut first pick in this this weekend. I mean, we can sit here and talk about how the Cardinals can do this and that, but the reality is Aaron Donald is most likely lining up against backups in a game he has to have for the Rams to have a realistic shot at the playoffs. Now, we'll see. Maybe some of these Cardinals offensive linemen do get to play, and that would obviously help if, I'm guessing, Kelvin Beach will be out there. That'll help. Uh, DJ Humphreys, it would be nice, but we already know Will Hernandez is on IR. Justin Pugh's on IR. We haven't seen Rodney Hudson in a while. Uh, since you took Aaron Donald, Wolf, I'm going to take James Conner. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> James Conner. We really have just no idea what sound's going to play, do we? Yeah. Uh, James Conner um, is not on the injury report. And you just said the Cardinals need to run the ball. I agree with you. I have no interest in Kyler Murray dropping back 50 times and being chased by Aaron Donald around the, uh, the pocket that's probably going to be collapsing. So if you want to have a chance to win this game against the Rams... James Conner, when they beat the Rams last year, they ran all over the Rams. It wasn't just Conner, but uh, but I'll go with Conner. That is an excellent choice by you right there. That was my second fulcrum football player. Um, okay, so my second fulcrum football player, let me adjust right here, Billy Price. I like big books oh. and I cannot lie. I mean, tell me, you did you have that ready to go because you thought I was going to go with Billy Price? Or, or an offensive line. Well, you know what? Yes, of course. <laughs> Listen, when you talk about this game coming up on Sunday against the Rams, you got to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, especially the pre-snap penalties, of course, and the offense, and all the mistakes that the offense continues to make. Billy Price has been right in the middle of all of that, sometimes even moving himself before he snaps the ball. Snaps have become an issue 
with the Arizona Cardinals, and your quarterback has got to have confidence that you're going to do that. You don't want your quarterback worried about where the snap is actually going to be. Billy Price is going to have a, a huge psychological impact on this game. The Cardinals cannot continue to commit these mental errors and mistakes, and it starts with their center. Yeah, literally every play starts with the center, so try not to snap the ball over your quarterback's head because um, this is not the week to do that. I'm going to go with the pick, Wolf, that I feel like needs to be picked every single week. I'll just keep this simple, and I'll go with DeAndre Hopkins. feel great. Poetic justice. Hop, I thought last week was not targeted enough, and I know that it's always easy to say that, and, and any receiver can say that, get me the ball more and this and that, but we have seen, Wolf, that this offense moves when Hopkins is getting the ball, and it doesn't when he's not. And if you throw him the ball and they make good plays on it, okay, then that's fine. But generally speaking, a 50-50 is what, about 80-20 with Hopkins? And also, he's open a lot, and I thought the Car- the, uh, the Cardinals went away from him way too much after the opening drive last week against Seattle for whatever reason. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Like, right he should there, get a man. dozen targets every week unless unless he's not on the field. Well, you, you know, you also have got to throw to the open guy. I mean, that's what you want your quarterback to do. Yeah, but he's always open. Yeah, but I know, but go back and look at when DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and this offense was at its best. Um, it wasn't like Kyler was focusing completely on DeAndre Hopkins. He was spreading the ball last year to a lot of different receivers. But when this offense was at its best this year, he was just funneling the ball. You know who agrees with me? He might be the only one. DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) If he were here. No, that's it's good. Listen, D-Hop, I had him down as well. He just wasn't going to be my third Fulcrum football player. My third Fulcrum football player for the Arizona Cardinals Rams game coming up on Sunday, Byron Murphy. Yeah, that's what I said, Byron Murphy right there, because hopefully Byron Murphy is going to play. Buda Baker looks like he's going to play, and that could be a little foreshadowing right there. But Byron Murphy right now, um, you're talking about Cooper Cup. When I talk about Byron Murphy, the first name that comes to mind to me is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup has been marginalized. Um, by the Arizona Cardinals from time to time. Byron Murphy's been right in the middle of that. And at the same time, um, we know how important it is to make sure that you're covering Cooper Cup and the impact he has on the Rams' offense, especially if Matthew Stafford isn't playing. Because even then, it becomes more important to get the ball to Cooper Cup. Byron Murphy is going to have a huge part of that. Because of it, he's my third Fulgrim football player. Yeah, Cooper Cup had 444 earlier this season. Last year, in three meetings with the Cardinals, he had 13 catches in one game. But in the other two, he had five catches in each of those. Cooper Cup routinely does get targeted 12, 13, 14 times. All right, uh, since he took Murphy, who was my next pick, I'll go with a guy. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's running around the practice field today. It's never a bad pick to go with Buda Baker. I'm going to go with Buda here as we head into the break, but uh, yeah, that, that Murphy pick is it's key. If you can't shut down Cooper Cup, then uh, I don't know what sort of chance you have, but we'll see. Alright, that was Fulcrum Football. We didn't uh, 
You went Aaron Donald, Billy Price, Byron Murphy. I went James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker. That's the beauty of Fulcrum Football, Wolf. There is no set number of rounds. That's right. Some weeks it's eight. This week it was three. And honestly, I could have kept going because Zayvon Collins, I'm sure, wants revenge on uh, Ben Skoranek after last Cody time, Cody Ford as well. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And when we come back at the Suns, benefit from adding a player like, I don't know, Carmelo Anthony? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Suns magic tonight from Orlando. The Suns had to take a uh, circuitous path to get to this game with the uh, the weather in Florida. It's weather in Florida this time of year from like what August through actually November is a little bit late. No, but, this uh, is super late for yeah. a hurricane. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, and so but they are there, ready to take on the magic tonight. There was a story on Bright Side of the Sun, Wolf, that suggested a name that has been brought up before, but this is a name that has been brought up a, a few times, and now it makes even a little bit more sense, potentially, with Cam Johnson out for one to two months. Uh, the title of the story is Why the Phoenix Suns Should Pursue Carmelo Anthony. And this isn't five years ago or six years ago, right? Yeah, you're not, right. You're, first of all, you're not getting peak Carmelo, right. but you're not getting everything that comes along with that, and you're not going to have to pay for peak Carmelo. Correct. You don't have to trade anything for Carmelo. He's 38. Sign him. Yeah. Um, where do you come out on this? Because I, I, I have a few reasons why I think this could work, but my biggest one is it's basically no risk. You know what's amazing about this? Yeah, You asked me this question two years ago, and I said, no way. That's no, no way. Yeah. No way do I want Carmelo. No, thank you. Pass. Because because somebody that big steps in, especially Carmelo, it's like, okay, it's his show. That's not his show. It can't be his show. But, he, but I feel like he knows See, that. See, the now. question is, exactly, does he accept that, Luke? Does he accept the fact it's not his show? Of course. He does. Of course. He Listen. And if he doesn't, Chris Paul tells him. <laughs> For me right now, should the Suns pursue Carmelo Anthony? What's your gut reaction on that, my brothers, as you hear that? What is your initial reaction? What is it? For me, it's, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, I like that he can still hit the three. With the Lakers last year, and again, you're talking about a reserve role. I think he started three games last year. Yeah, but he he played almost 70 games. He averaged over 13 points a game. I remember he was one of the few relatively bright spots for the Lakers last year because he was kind of a he pleasant was. surprise. And he, and he was hitting you know about 38% from three. The year before, he was hitting 41% from three uh, for the Trailblazers. I just, when I look at Cam Johnson being out for one to two months and I look at the Suns roster and I'm trying to figure out how they can replace him, the one thing I'm not sure that they can replace is the threes. And just, just having a shooter like that. Yeah, if Mikel wants to hit 60% of his shots and hit four threes like he did on Wednesday, well, then you don't need anybody. <laughs> but I think just to, to be realistic here, if Cam's going to miss like 30 games, right. you might need somebody like Carmelo. Uh, but Carmelo's the one you don't have to trade anything for. Yeah, exactly right. And that's what makes it so fascinating. Now, what would you have to pay Carmelo, Anthony? I have no idea. But um, I do know this. You wouldn't have to give up any trade capital for him whatsoever. I am, I've loved that. Um, it's not a long-term solution either. It basically, it's just a band-aid at this point in time for me. So it's, so two things you just said right there. One, you'd have to pay him. How much would you have to pay him? Right. My reaction is it's not my money. 
And actually, I don't even know whose money it is at this point. Yes. <laughs> like, I guess it's still Sarver's money, right? Yes. Doesn't he technically own the team? Yes. Uh, but the second part of it being a stopgap, that's 100% what it is. And that's my only reservation is if you went out and signed Carmelo Anthony tomorrow, what happens to him when Cam Johnson comes back? Yes. Carmelo's not a guy you can just be like, all right, see you, Carmelo. Like you're, yeah. just, you're just gone in the middle of you know February or it whatever. It was funny because when this story came up and I knew we were going to talk about this story, I wrote down four things, four points, four reasons why I would go and I would pursue Carmelo Anthony. And number one, he costs nothing, <laughs> nothing to acquire. That you've already stated, Luke. Number two, he can still shoot. I believe you already stated that as well. This is a guy that shot almost 58% last year with the Lakers. All while averaging 13.3 points. He stood and out on that team making the shots. He really did. And he shot 38%, as you said, from three. Now, it wasn't like he was taking a ton of threes. He was not. Yet at the same time, he shot 38%. Um, percent. And his career average is 36%. So he was actually shooting it better last year. Um he was hitting about two and a half a game. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's not like he's taking yeah. a lot of threes a game. Um, number three, he actually tries to play defense. And number four, um, Chris Paul and Mello are friends. And I think that actually says something. Yeah. It means something. Well, it goes back to conversations we had last year about who you're going to invite into this locker room. If Carmelo is on this team, and there's not any indication that he is going to be. I'm just saying that's a name that's been thrown out there multiple times, so I feel like it's worth talking about again because, it, uh, at least on paper, makes some sense. If he's on this team, it's because Chris Paul signed off on him, which you would expect. I mean, they, they've been friends all the way back to that Redeem team, Doc, back, what was that, 2008? And a couple of years leading up to that. Yeah. I mean, that's part of that group of Carmelo and Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul and LeBron. Um, there's, there's that. And, and if you bring him in, I just don't think he will be disruptive. I really don't. I think I think he knows his role on this team. Right now, he's not playing basketball. He's going down the Jay Crowder path. That's what I'm saying, man. It's a beautiful thing. And again, you know what? Um, he actually tries to play defense now. Where, where you know, and Mello was just you or you were not going to get any defense out of Mello. Well, he was he was one of the biggest names in the league for um, ten years. Exactly. But now he tries. Last year, the dude actually. Um, he tried to be better on the defensive end of the floor, and he posted the highest defensive rating he's ever had. <laughs> okay, now I'm just saying. Now you know on a very bad defensive. Yes. Team. Uh, now it wasn't great. It was still below league average, but only by two points. He had 114 rating, and the league is about 112. See? And that came out in the article. Yeah, and that to me, it just goes to show you once again. That he tries. At least he's trying. He's not the massive liability he used to be. Not a massive liability, and there's no risk. This was James Jones on with Burns and Gambo on Wednesday, because remember we played the clip yesterday of him talking about how he doesn't want to trade for just somebody that's right now. If he's going to trade for somebody, he wants it to be a long-term solution as well. But again, this wouldn't be a trade. So this is James Jones talking about free agency. No, I haven't I haven't excluded any of those guys. It's just, you know, like so many names and so many you know, players, where do they fit? Like, where do they play? How do they fit with us? You know, there, there are decisions and questions beyond just can a guy play? And so, um, like I said, we'll, we'll continue to look at it. This is a long season, and we do have an outlook that, you know, we need to be our best, playing our best 
as strong as possible as we reach the playoffs. Look, I mean, maybe they call Carmelo and he's like, yeah, absolutely. I can still put up 24 points a game. Let's run the offense through me. And then they set the phone down and they never call Carmelo again. But to your point, Wolf, if he's going to if he's willing to step in and be a supplemental piece, there's just there's no risk. And I think he could probably still give you he's he's the name out there right now that is the easiest that makes the most sense. And he was a supplemental piece last year on a pretty bad Lakers team. And he was decent. He was decent last year. Yeah. You're just looking for decent. You're not going to be able to, well, let's go out and sign uh, Kevin Durant. He's a free agent. Giannis, he's out there, right? Yeah. No, you can't do that. And you know what else is interesting, too? Um, James Jones. He was a contemporary, of course. <laughs> when you, yeah, with a lot of these guys him, yeah. that you have right now, he is. Um, he's he's a guy that played against Carmelo and knows knows him. I, I wonder if that is a positive or a negative. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wonder how he feels about this and how much he's vetting Chris Paul in regard to how he a lot feels of Chris Paul. about this. At this point, every decision, personnel decision, for me goes through James Jones, obviously, because he's the GM. It goes through Monty Williams because he's going to be the coach of this player. And it goes through Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Now with Chris, like I said, I mean, they're obviously very good friends, Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony. So maybe you do need to go to Devin separately and be like, what do you think? Because obviously Chris Paul knows him. But let's not pretend Chris Paul isn't more invested in this season than anybody because this might be his last realistic chance to win a title. Yeah, man. You know what? Honestly, I I want to see it. I do. I'm, I'm getting a little greedy right here. Look, everybody. It's Mello in his son's uni. You know, the opportunity is there. Could you could you possibly fill that void? But you bring up a great point, Luke. You do. The, the void, the vacuum of leadership right now and where that check is coming from and who's writing that check. I, I, I don't know the make answer it very to that. Likely yeah. To me, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make me feel better about Mello actually ever getting considered to be a son. See, this is, this is probably another topic for another day, but when everybody talked about, okay, well, ownership, that's going to be a big distraction for the Suns this season. Well, why? It's not, I mean, once Sarver announced he's going to sell, it's not a distraction for Devin Booker trying to hit a shot against Milwaukee. But it is still something in the sense of who signs off on yeah. James Jones going out and signing a free agent or making right. a trade because they're going to have to do that. They don't have a complete roster yet. Look, everybody, it's a luxury tax. <laughs> <laughs> Join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the L.A. Rams. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off Scottsdale Road. When we come back, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.